Hey, I'm Andy, and you're watching the second episode of the Christmas edition of the Andy McMillan Podcast. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I'm so sorry, Gene Autry. All right, well, welcome to the second Christmas edition of the Andy McMillan Podcast. Um, I'm excited that I'm here again with my friend uh, and co-host, Austin Nalen. Um, You can check him out on the Life Podcast with Austin Nalen. That's on YouTube and on, I'm assuming it's everywhere that you can get podcasts, but I know it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Austin. Yep. Yeah, Spotify um, as well, and so go check it out. But today, uh, we're going to continue our conversation about how to get through the holidays, and we're going to talk about something that's a little awkward, difficult family members. I know that we all like to pretend like we don't have those, but we all got them. Austin was telling me uh, before we started this video that um, one of his most difficult family members, uh, is her name is Ellie. And uh, they're uh, they're really struggling right yeah. now. <laughs> With it's funny because that's his like one year old. It's funny because his most difficult family member is one. Yeah, we don't Anyhow, see that. Anyway. Y'all don't see that. What do y'all struggle with? What is the greatest parental struggle you have right now? I'm curious. Take me back to when yeah, my the, kids were little. The the greatest parental struggle I have right now is is she's she's just getting into the age where she can like listen to you like she'll know what you're saying can follow like a basic instruction like if I say hey go grab something she can go get it like if she knows what it is but the problem is she will look me in my eyes when I tell her not to do something and then do that exact thing oh that's the worst when there's when they start to be defiant oh my god especially gosh. especially like when it's a little girl because there's enough Alabama in me. <laughs> That like when my little boy does it, I just want to throw something at him. <laughs> like and, I, and like, there's no tension there. I just wanna, I just wanna put him back in his place. You know what I'm saying? But like with my little girl, I, it's so, it's such a tension. Like you don't, you don't want to like discipline your little girl. You don't want to put her in timeout. You, you can look at Eden and say timeout, and she immediately starts crying. It's oh, no. the worst. Yeah, no, it is the worst. But but Jackson, man, I couldn't care less. Go get in that corner, son. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't care at all. Like he smarts off, it's over. Um, but uh yeah, so I mean, do you have I'm curious as we're getting into this conversation, do you have difficult relatives putting you on the spot? I do, I do, I can't lie. Uh difficulties that you can tell us about or no? Well, yeah, I might as well. They probably won't listen to this anyway, but, uh, it's kind of, um, about it with some of my family. Yeah. So a lot of, I live over here in Eastern Oregon and the thing you need to know about Eastern Oregon is we are a very conservative community. I mean, um, as the election happened, it was very evident that people were upset. And, uh, anyway, um, they will just like argue you to the death about their political views, about things like that. Even around like Christmas time, I remember, um, uh, many, many conversations um, that have just like ended in arguments and people being upset and frustrated around the holidays, like around Christmas, Thanksgiving. And it's just super annoying. I don't have any like necessarily bad relationships, but just like uncomfortable circumstances that I would rather not be in. 
Yeah, I think that a lot of us kind of live in that moment that we're not like the, you know, the 1980s TV special family. Like, it's not just this absolutely nutcase crazy person at at our Christmas experience, but we have some uncomfortable conversations and, and yeah. conversations that we don't even want to have. And so I, I think that I think that a lot of us fall into that. I fall into that. I have a very diverse family. Uh, and so I've got a lot of family that are my wider family that we we think differently uh, than than each other because we grew up in very different cultures. My family, even though I, we both both sets of those families grew up in Alabama, uh, a lot of that family grew up in rural Alabama, and I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, which is a, a major city. And so, just life in general looks different. I grew up with a lot more diversity around me. Uh, I grew up with uh, just a, a different perspective on life, and that makes for awkward moments. And I think for many of us, we kind of want to be able to process how do we have. Um, Christmas, how do we have the holidays and it not be just straight up uncomfortable? And so um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. I've got a few thoughts on that. And so we're just going to talk through these thoughts and and hopefully we'll help some of you have an easier Christmas because I know it's tough when, you know, everybody it just feels like they're at their throats and it's just uncomfortable. So let's talk about this. The first way that we can make sure that we have a great Christmas, even with difficult family members, is that we have to decide, first and foremost, to be okay with diversity. Um, In the words of Michael Scott, diversity tomorrow because today is almost over, right? We need to be okay with diversity. We need to understand that everybody that's coming to Christmas doesn't think like you. And And I think that especially like as we get older, Um, I'm in my 30s now, and my sister and I have not lived in the same home for uh, 16 years, I think. I think she moved out when I was um, 15, 16. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Over 15 years, she moved out. Well, we've now lived apart longer than we've lived together, And, and I should not have any expectation on her to think the same way that I do or to process life the same way that I do. Yes, we were raised in in the same home, but we've had more life outside of that home um, when we were together than than we do now than we do, or I don't know what's happening with my words. (laughs) We've had more time. I don't know what's happening. We've had more time uh, apart, like not living together than we have had living together. And I think that that's like a, a real thing that most of us don't process. I think sometimes maybe we don't have the best track record with keeping up with family members or keeping up with people that in our minds we're still close to. But over time, we we drift apart and we begin to think differently, have different values. And I think that it can be a shock that when we walk into Christmas and all of a sudden, you hear that relative say something that's completely polar opposite, maybe, of what you thought they thought. Uh, we, we need that ability to just say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that my family and that my relatives think differently than I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thought. I think it's super important that we understand that people are really more than maybe their their thoughts and their beliefs. Like, for example, as I mentioned the the election earlier, people are more than just, you know, a Democrat or Republican, or people are are more than, you know, their 
their their values, their people. They are they are people who are made in the image of God, and and when we view them that way, rather than viewing them as what they think or their ideologies, then it's really going to change the way that we approach them. Because the truth is, people are different, and as you say, um, you and your sister probably are very different, having not lived together for you know sixteen years. So, yeah, I I love that. Yeah, and I mean, when you think about for those of us who follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus spent the bulk of his time with people that thought differently than him, even his disciples. I mean, technically, everybody thought differently than Jesus, but there were people that Jesus spent time with that were really, really, really different than him. I think it's important that we understand that you don't have to agree with somebody to sit down and spend time with people. You don't have to agree with somebody on everything to be in relationship with them. And Jesus modeled that out the best, that he was hospitable and caring and loving to those uh, people who thought the most differently than him. And I think that that's what we have to model through the Christmas holiday. I think that we have to model this idea of we're going to we're, we're not necessarily going to celebrate, I wouldn't say celebrate the diversity because you may fundamentally disagree on what makes you different, but you can still sit down with somebody and care for them, care about what's going on in their life and listen to that and catch up without um, without trying to make them like you. So, and I, I think that that's a, a healthy attitude to have. Yeah, for sure. The second thing that we can do to make sure that difficult family members and you have a great Christmas is set boundaries before Christmas. Set some boundaries before Christmas. Uh, we just talked for a few minutes about diversity. Well, here, here's the thing. Diversity is important that we can love each other in, in diversity, but there's also just some things that you don't have to talk about. There's also some things that you just don't have to have a discussion around when everybody's together. If you know that those things are going to be an issue, then just leave it alone. Don't, you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to talk about it. And, and don't do things that make it feel for the other person that you're crossing a boundary for their life either. Make sure that, you know, with the things that you say, with the opportunities or activities that you do, uh, with with the gifts that you give, that they aren't something that they would feel as crossing a boundary. Respect that boundary. And I would encourage you, if you do have uh, some issues where, where you know you're going to walk into a hotbed of topics, which by the way, 2020 has kind of teed us up for the most uncomfortable Christmas season ever, right? Like, because families are going to disagree on race relations. Families are going to disagree on politics. Um, families are going to disagree on uh, everything that has been an argument this year. Families are going to disagree on whether or not you should wear a mask or whether or not you need a face mask and a shield and gloves and a hazmat suit to go to the airport, right? Like we all know that's coming. But if we can set some boundaries up uh, before we go and know those boundaries, I think that it'll make for a much more pleasant and peaceful Christmas. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think it's important, as silly as it might sound, that like to have those conversations before Christmas. And it might be an awkward conversation, but um, we we have to set ourselves up to win. Otherwise, we're setting ourselves up to lose. And if you're not willing to have those conversations before, say, hey, 
um, before Christmas comes, before these family members come into town, let's talk about this. These are some things we're not going to say. These are some things we're not going to do. Um, these are some topics we're not going to bring up. Like that's important to know. Um, because again, if you're not, if you're not planning those things, you are ultimately setting yourself up for those arguments or for those things that you don't want to happen. So we really have to set yourself up to win. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And actually that was one of the things that I had written down was have a conversation before Christmas, set up a zoom call, call them on the phone and say, Hey, listen, I want to acknowledge we think differently about some stuff. I want to acknowledge that we process information differently. So when we go to Christmas or when we go to Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or whatever, when we spend time together in the holidays, let's not go here. Let's not have these conversations. Uh, and I think that, that's, that that is really helpful and it is really healthy to, to just draw those lines out. Uh, and, and if you have somebody who won't necessarily agree to that, you let them know, and this sounds harsh, but you let them know, if you're not willing to commit with this, I won't be at the holiday gathering. Like if we can't agree to set boundaries so that we can have a good time, then we're not, then we're not gonna participate. And I think when you come at it from a first a, here's a suggestion, um, and if they push back, just say, well, listen, if, if we're going to do Christmas or whatever together, we're going to have these, these boundaries drawn out. I think that um, it, will, it will help everybody understand just how serious it is that these things are honored. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think it needs to be said, too, that um, having these conversations and uh, even that, that first point that you made that um, it's going to be diverse, people are going to think differently than you. We have to understand that we might be a little bit uncomfortable. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, when you think about being uncomfortable, um, I'm, I imagine Jesus was uncomfortable sitting um, with all these notorious sinners that he was. Not uncomfortable sitting with them, but he received so much flack for it. He received so much ridicule for it. So I think it's okay that, that, that we might feel uncomfortable and even feel a little um, silly having these conversations that might feel like they're very minuscule when they're not. So I think the other thing to keep in the back of your mind too is if you're uncomfortable, odds are you're saying things that are making them uncomfortable. And we don't like to think about it that way because we all like to say, oh yeah, I'm not perfect. But really, we think that we're more perfect than other people. And I think that we need to realize that if, if they're making you uncomfortable saying, then uh, we're probably saying things that are also making them uncomfortable. And if we can draw those lines and maybe even ask, okay, now, what are some lines that you need to draw? What are some things that I can do to, to make these situations more helpful? I think everybody will have a much better time. And yes, it is weird trying to think about what, what can I say and what can I say? But here's the thing. If it doesn't come up in the boundaries conversation, then it's on the table. Nobody can get mad that that you said X if X wasn't brought up in the boundaries conversation. I mean, unless you're just, you know, doing something stupid. Yeah. But I, I think that there's a reality that most of us are uncomfortable in those scenarios because we don't technically know what we can say and not say that will frustrate another person. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. So the third thing that I've got is that we need to have realistic expectations. I think that many of us fall into one of these 
uh, pendulum camps, as I would call them. And we all know like what a pendulum is. It swings one way hard and then the other way hard. We need to understand not to have a pendulum expectation of Christmas. What do I mean by that? Number one, you don't need to assume that it's going to be the best Christmas ever. You're not a Hallmark movie, okay? (laughs) If you're single, you're not going to go to your parents' house and meet a neighbor and be engaged by New Year's, okay? Like, it's not gonna happen, all right? It's just not going to happen. If you think that all of your kids are going to come home for Christmas uh, and it's just going to be magical and it's going to be just like it was uh, when they were home all the time. It won't be because they're different people. It'll be a good time, but it's not going to be the same good time. I I know I've had several conversations with people post-Christmas about how they thought Christmas was going to go one way, and they had like this storyboard idea in their mind, but it it just wasn't that. It wasn't a real expectation or a realistic expectation to have about Christmas. So I think that that is an important thing. And I think that on the other side of that, you also shouldn't assume it's going to be the worst Christmas ever. I mean, it would be easy if you know you've got some people that you don't really agree with or really see eye to eye on to be worrying about it. Like, hey, maybe you're a Republican and they're a Democrat or vice versa, and you're just waiting for them to get there to start chewing you out about what your candidate said or how your candidate views whatever. Uh, Look, it's unless you've just got some psychos in your family, it's probably (laughs) not going to be that bad. And if you set boundaries, they don't get to do that anyway. No politics is probably not the worst boundary in the world that we're living in today. Uh, and so, and even though, and look, I love politics. I keep up. I watch um, two different news stations and read a bunch. And I get the New York Times emailed to me three days a week. I love, I love the news and politics. But especially in the climate that we're in this year, probably not the best idea. So I think that if you can assume um, not the worst, but not the best, but we're just going to have a good quality uh, holiday season with family, with people that we love, with people that we care about. Maybe you're going to do some really fun traditions. I know in my house or in my family, regardless of where we're at, uh, we always watch White Christmas. We, we love White Christmas, and that's, that's a big thing for us and our, and our family. We'll still do that this year. Um, we'll still do some traditions that we have, but it's not going to be this utopic Christmas, and it's also not going to be like Quentin Tarantino Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be just a good, realistic expectation, and that's probably what you'll have anyway. Yeah, I'd like to uh, go back to what you said about those Hallmark movies because um, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. And uh, no lie, my grandma plays those almost all year round. It's insane. Anyway, um, yeah, I love that. Realistic expectations are key. And going back to what I said earlier about like setting yourself up to win, this is one of those things that you can do to really set yourself up for success during the holiday season because um, as far as uh, the, the 2020 climate goes, it is far different than any other year that we've and I'm assuming that most of us have experienced. So I think it would be unrealistic for us to expect the same things that have happened in the past to happen this year. And so, so I love that. Um, have your, have your expectations, um, 
open. Don't don't have them closed. Don't have them on one side of the extreme or the other. But, but leave it, leave a little space for 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 things to to go one way or to to go another way. I wouldn't uh, I would not keep them um, closed. Yeah, no, that's a great way to process it. I think that we just need to understand realistic expectations. And by the way, I completely agree with you about Hallmark movies. I don't know what it is. Have you noticed that like the Christmas movies on Netflix are that way too? That they're kind of yeah. Hallmark-y? I don't know. I think people must love love the uh, even though that's exp- people love watching things that they can like expect and like it's not anxious for them to watch. They can just yeah. watch a movie, know what's going to happen, and be okay. I don't know. I don't get I can't, it. I can't do it. I can't do it. As much as I love holiday movies, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But as much <laughs> as I love holiday movies, I I, just, I can't do I can't do the Hallmark movies. I would say the last thought that I have today about um, just getting through Christmas, maybe with some difficult family, is find space for God in this season. You know, uh, we talked in the last episode about this idea of Sabbath and making sure that you're well rested and making sure that that you're you're preparing with margin time for rest for that holiday season. And I think a lot of times we find December being busy. We're buying presents. We're we're going to parties, we're going and doing all this stuff. And it can be very easy to get all the way through December and having no time uh, really that you've connected with God. And if you follow Jesus, uh, you know, we, we understand that the greatest peace that we have in our life in difficult or tumultuous seasons is the peace that God gives us. And so when we recharge in our own life in that time with God. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in uh, just the word and, and just reading through the scripture and allow that to fill us. It does something in these seasons. It does something in these moments where we are um, having to be a little uh, strategic in what we say and what we can't say. It helps us navigate that with a peace um, and really with a different heart. I, can you hear my dog's feet right now? My my little my little <laughs> my little dachshund is like walking around on our hardwood floor. Anyway, uh, it helps us when we when we recharge with God. Thelma, <laughs> I'm doing something over here. I'm, yeah, I'm talking to you. Thank you. She got on. I hope that stays in the podcast. Oh, it's staying. It is in the podcast. Thelma is my eleven uh, year old or ten year old dachshund. She she old. She don't care. Uh, I, I do think that we, we miss out on um, this peace that comes from God because we're already on empty when we go into those holiday seasons. And if we'll choose not to be empty when we go into those holiday seasons and spend some time with God, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in solitude where we can just hear his voice, I think that it'll set us up really, really well for the Christmas season, even if you've got some difficult family. Yeah, if you are a uh, Jesus follower, you've probably heard um, this this idea of the Advent season, and um, the whole idea behind Advent is is really preparing your heart, preparing yourself for the coming of Jesus, and and I think that goes right along with what you're saying. You know, make space for God in the season. So so Advent really is this season of preparing our hearts for um, what God has done and what God is already doing. So I think we just need to approach it like that, just kind of like what you were saying: leave space for God in in this season. Yeah, that's that's our tips on how to deal with your relatives. Maybe they're a little difficult. Maybe they're crazy. Maybe they're somewhere in between. Hopefully, these things will help you just get through the season in a, in a healthy and sane manner. Well, before we go, I want to spend a little bit of time finding out, Austin, 
what are your top three? By the way, I don't give him these questions prior. Austin, <laughs> what are your top three favorite Christmas movies? I'm curious. Uh, number one will have to be Home Alone. It's a classic. Not necessarily a Christmas movie, movie, but it's 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 a solid one. I think that's um, a if Die Hard can be a Christmas movie, Home Alone <laughs> is definitely a Christmas movie. True, true. Uh, number two, I used to watch every single Christmas um, this like old uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer like cartoon, uh, and yep, it was like a, it almost looked yep. like a clay yep. animation. If yep. you guys know what I'm talking about, um, loved that one. And uh, number three, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are like my top two. I don't really watch anything. I mean, there's a lot more Christmas movies out there, but um, those would probably be my top two. Those are, those are pretty good. Um, I, I'm so glad. I have so many people that I've met that are like in your, closer to your age range that they list Jingle All the Way as one of their favorite Christmas movies. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's probably, I hate that movie. So, but I don't even know what that is. Jingle all the way. It's a Christmas movie with, um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and it is, it is not funny. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's not, it's not top three material, but I hear a lot of people in that like 18 to 25 range that that's like one of their jams. And I'm like, y'all are nuts. Um, Okay, so for me, White Christmas is definitely on that list. Um, and then I would also say, now this is this is one that not a ton of people remember. It was really popular when I was in um, like middle school, high school, but not many people know it. And that is, um, I'll be home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the middle kid from Home Improvement, also the voice of Simba on The Lion King. I love. I'll be home for Christmas. One of my favorites. Um, and then the last one, uh, so White Christmas, I'll be home for Christmas. And then, like, I go back and forth. Uh, I think more modern, uh, Four Christmases is really funny, but but it, it kind of kind of awkward to watch in certain contexts. <laughs> but definitely Elf. I oh, love yeah. Elf. Elf. I can't Elf even believe I didn't even think of Elf. Yeah, I love Elf. Elf is probably my favorite modern Christmas movie. So, yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Um, well, man, thank you so much for hanging out for these two episodes of the Christmas edition of the Andy McMillan podcast. I hope that these episodes, for those of you watching this, bless you, give you some perspective, and help you get through the holidays just a little bit better. Until next time, I'm Andy, and you're watching the Andy McMillan podcast. 